podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. Hello, this is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association, and thank you for joining us this week for our podcast entitled Using Emerging Technologies to Teach Multicultural Students Across the Globe. I think you're going to find this fascinating topic, and I have two experts in the field. They've been doing extensive research. I have Maureen Lloyd-James. Maureen, thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. And I also am my right have Leilani Baumanis. Thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. Just a brief description of both. I shouldn't say brief. They have such an extensive background in this area and in education that you're going to be amazed. But Maureen Lord-James not only has a certificate in education and a BA in psychology from Queen's University as well as a Master's of Science in computer education, but she also holds an educational specialist degree in computer technology and is working on her PhD in computing technology in education. She has actually taught for over 30 years and currently teaches many computer-related courses at Johnson and Wales University, which is an excellent university, as we all know. She has been associate faculty at the United States Open University and associate faculty at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, teaching management information systems at the master's level. During our summer breaks and in her spare time, she has consulted, and I have a list here of at least 30 institutions, companies, corporations at which she's taught management training programs, including Caribbean Hotel Association, the Carnival Cruise Lines, Costa Cruise Lines. Thank you for joining us, Maureen, and I don't know how you're finding time to be here, but thank you. To my right, as I mentioned, we have Dr. Leilani Baumanis. And Leilani holds a doctorate in international business from Nova Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and is presently and currently going for her PhD in international management at Erasmus University in the Netherlands. She has been an associate professor in the College of Business at Johnson and Wales University, Miami, Florida, and also has taught have a list of classes that she's taught, and, but she asked me to highlight her experience in faculty position teaching international business management and human resources. And she also has extensive traveling and working experience, not only in throughout Europe and Germany, but more currently in the Caribbean island. Her research over the last decade has focused on cultural values, international trade, teaching and learning models, and her training often focuses on cultural understanding and poverty alleviation. Once again, thank you for coming. The reason that we wanted to have a podcast 
with both of you is because we know you've been doing some extensive research on teaching multicultural students using online learning. And first, I guess I'd like to ask is, how did you even become interested in this topic? Well, since about the year 2000, um, Johnson & Wales has been doing working very closely with many of the major cruise lines. And during the summer months and throughout the year, we the cruise lines who need management training on board will invite uh, instructors to go on board and deliver training. Well, it's always an issue with their busy days and they work so, such long hours and to pull them out of class for a, an intensive one-week course can definitely impact ship service mm -hmm. as well as free time. So we've been looking to develop something, another way of, of giving them the management training they need and obviously we looked to online and we came up with this project, this study, to find out what really works best in providing the management training in the format that will be beneficial to both the instructors, the cruise lines, and of course, most importantly, the crew who are the students. How did you actually conduct your study? Well, the real goal was to implement and evaluate the delivery of formal coursework to English-speaking multicultural personnel on board ships using emerging technologies. And what we did, we took a couple of the classes that we, we taught on board ship. We specifically chose Introduction to Management in the Hospitality Industry and Cultural Diversity in the Cruise Industry. And then we created a program, an online program around that. So we created a regular web page with some fabulous features and we developed books ourselves. We worked with the five of the major cruise lines to invite, uh, we asked them to invite some of their managers to take classes. We were expecting about 150, but we had a tremendous response, very excited response. And we actually had to cut, you know, limit numbers to about 250. We said no, after that point, oh, we, had to say, we had to say no. And initially we emailed everybody and they had to respond back. We lost 87 of them straight away because they didn't have email accounts or they didn't respond to um, our email in a timely manner, which was fine because we had far too many subscribed. So our numbers from our study, we had a start date and a completion date, and our numbers dropped down to 162, and we were very excited about that. And then what we did, we divided the class because we were testing these emerging technologies. So we divided the groups. We had the two classes, and we divided each class into two groups. One had emerging technology, and one had non-emerging technology. The non-emerging technology group, we just used the regular web page, we had an online grade book, we had online quizzes and tests, and some other additional support materials. And that's basically, they worked with that and the books, the textbook that was sent to them. The emerging technology group had all of that, but we added to that videos from youtube.com that were specifically <laughs> chosen. We used wikis, we had a blog. We had custom-designed vodcasts, which we taped ourselves, and we even had a synchronous chat session that was done live, which took a lot of setting up, but it really, you know, that was very, very good. Excellent. How do you know you were successful? Well, what we did at first, we set up pre-study surveys to collect various data that was analyzed at the end of the study. We collected various demographics, such as age of the students, gender, educational level, computer experience, etc. And then we also gave them, because we were interested in finding out, you know, what made the success, if, you know, if there was going to be any success. So we looked at their learning styles and we gave them a learning styles inventory 
which they completed, and we looked to see whether they were active versus reflective, sensing versus intuitive, visual versus verbal, sequential versus global. We also looked at the completion rate of the student, and we had an absolute excellent completion rate. Of the completed students then, we looked at value, you know, what values they had, and again, we looked at their learning styles and the demographic that we had collected to determine any outcomes, and we specifically looked for patterns that would lead us to indicate what was successful and what wasn't successful. We also looked at the cultural values of the students. We used a measure called the Value Survey Module, which was developed by Geert Hofstede. He is a professor in the Netherlands. And he took four specific dimensions of cultures that very much determined what kind of behaviors can be expected from specific students. The first one we looked at is power distance. And power distance is the measure that would uh, determine the value that subordinates have over leadership of the people who are superior to them. We also looked at uncertainty avoidance. And uncertainty avoidance is the tolerance level that a student would have for uncertainty. And we also looked whether or not a student was collectivist or individualistic, de depending on where he or she comes from. We also looked at masculinity versus femininity. And from masculine societies, students have a tendency to be more assertive. And from feminine societies, students had a tendency to be more nurturing. And we found that as we measured the outcomes, we saw that students from the cruise industry are becoming more and more Western in thought, but actually they had more of a unique evaluation. For example, in power distance, they had a smaller power distance, which is related to Western values. They felt that they were more equal to their superiors, and they felt that they could collaborate more to their superiors. With regards to individualism versus collectivism, cruise industry personnel felt that they were more individualistic as opposed to collectivist, and they had a tendency to be more independent. With regards to the masculinity measure, students from the cruise industry had a tendency to be more feminine, which not necessarily meant that they were feminine, but rather that they, they were more collaborative and that they were more nurturing in uh, nature. And with regards to their uncertainty avoidance, they had a closer tolerance to uncertainty similar to the United States or the Philippines, where they were higher risk takers and they were able to comprehend the values of the people from a more Western standard. Fascinating. Did you obviously come up with some conclusions and what were they? Well, we did. We were very excited about the cultural results. The um, aculturization, I think the result, the fact that the cruise line may have its own specific culture was very interesting for us. But we also learned a lot about the different technology. Interestingly, both the non-emerging technology and the emerging technology groups did very well. We were expecting that one would do better than the other, but they really didn't. And we suspect that that might be something to do with the Hawthorne effect, which suggests 
while conducting this study, a significant factor in, in success is related to the attention participants received from the researchers. And our instructors, we had seven of them all together, were very nurturing and very encouraging, very motivating. And we think that probably had something to do with the results. We, we had some excellent results. With regarding the emerging technology, the wiki which we used had the biggest learning curve. That was the biggest challenge we had in our uh, technology. The students liked the short vodcasts, which they could download. That's the ones we created ourselves. And they really enjoyed the ones who could get on the synchronous instant messaging session. That was really very successful, although that took a lot to set up with the people at one point in time when they're all over the world. That was a challenge. The blog was very good, too. We, we had a lot of good postings on the blog. We were surprised that the YouTube videos, which had always been very popular when we taught in college on the regular campus, were not very popular at all on, on the ships. We suspect that might have been something to do with the fact that the ships have limited broadband. And we suspect that from the feedback we got from the students, it was just difficult to, to download without having that buffering challenge. So they were frustrated with that. But the most successful technology used was actually discussion forums. The students really got an awful lot out of the discussion forums and, and participation was very, very high. So we were excited about that. We had some challenges, of course, and one of the biggest challenges we had was with the textbooks. We actually luckily had created our own textbook, so we had copyright to that. We had a, a start date and an end date for this study, and one, with ships, we had 64 ships all over the world. And sent, we sent these textbooks out in what we thought was a very you know, timely manner, <laughs> but they got held up here and held up there. So we had people who were starting our start dates when became a little bit more flexible. We oh, had fabulous faculty that worked with them. So the students were allowed to start at a slightly more staggered rate than we really planned on doing that. A couple of things we learned from that, though, is one, it was a really good job that we had copyright for that because we, we created PDF files and we sent the PDF files oh, to smart. the students. And, th and that was really good. And the other thing we decided that if we were ever going to do the study again, we would have no textbooks but e-books or some way of delivering these electronically because the delivery of the actual hard copy textbooks was a huge, huge challenge. Very interesting. Well, how do you believe, I mean, now that you've gone through this whole process and, and really have learned quite a bit, how do you think your experience and your research will actually help and support future distance learning initiatives? We've looked at emerging technology, so we have in our report, we have some very detailed explanations of what worked, what didn't work, why we thought it, um, certain things worked, why we thought certain things didn't work. And in this day and age, there are so many different types of emerging technologies, and it's so, you know, it's so challenging. No one person can actually go and test them all. So I think this study is maybe a little way into helping others have a look at what we found worked and what we found didn't. And certainly, we had a fabulous platform having students from 36 different countries yes. with the culture and the language barriers and everything else. It was taught in English, but that was amazing to find, you know, with our findings as well with regards to. I, I think, too, that this gives another opportunity, another venue of learning. All over the world, there are areas of the world where university is not an opportunity for them. And if they can access some kind of institution 
where they can learn, even if it is independently, or through the guidance of a professor at a distance. This is yet another opportunity where people all over the world can improve themselves and become very productive and participative members of you know, the global world. Well stated and an important goal. I'm sure there are people in the audience who would like to be able to contact you and grill you a little bit more on your research findings, especially the breadth and scope of the type of student, online student, uh, with whom you were dealing is fascinating and I think really probably adds to the research. So can you share, Maureen, a website or your email address or some contact information? And same with you, Leilani. Well, if anybody would like to contact me, they can do that through my Johnson & Wales email account. My email address is James, or one word, that's M-L-L-O-Y-D-J-A-M-E-S at J-W-U dot E-D-U. And I would be delighted to share my findings. Great. Thank you, Maureen. And Leilani? And my contact information is lbaumanis at jwu.edu. We work at the same place. And that would be lbaumanis at jwu.edu. That's L-B-A-U-M-A-N-I-S as in Sam at jwu.edu. Thank you. Maureen and Leilani, thank you very much. This is Dr. Marilyn Gardner for the United States Distance Learning Association. And if you would like to contact me or take a little closer look at USDLA, please don't hesitate to look at our website at www.usdla.org. Thank you very much. Have a great day. But Maureen and Leilani, thank you again for joining us. Your pleasure. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fischler School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related helping professions throughout the world.